Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Educational AD Podcast. We are continuing our top 20 countdown, the all-time most popular podcast uh, episodes that we've had uh, based on your downloads. Uh, today, we've got uh, Tammy Schondelmeyer all the way back to 2021. Uh, it's a great interview, still holds up very well. Uh, take a listen. Uh, before we jump in, just real quick, want to acknowledge all of our current sponsors. Uh, these are all companies that I used as an athletic director or as a coach. You should be using them too. Want to say thanks to Gipper, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, Hometown Ticketing, Snap Rays, Home Campus, Sideline Interactive, Huddle, and Athletic Surveys. So we're going to continue this countdown up through the NADC. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to be a guest, shoot me an email at jakestouchdown at gmail.com. We'll get you on the podcast to share your story, brag about your school, and offer some tips to other athletic directors. Thanks again for listening. This is the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD, sponsored by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your own school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive provides indoor scoring tables and video boards that can generate $10,000 or more every year while also creating excitement in your gym. Their score tables and video boards also help make the ultimate game day experience by creating lifelong memories for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. See what their fantastic products can do for you. We also want to thank Varsity Brands, featuring BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, helping thousands of schools across the country provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, families, and fans. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Finally, we want to thank Ephesus Lighting, Camp Mobile, and Gipper. Thanks for, to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Today, we're bouncing up to Connecticut to visit with Tammy Schondelmeyer, 
She's the director of athletics at Bloomfield High School in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Tammy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Jake. Really excited to be here. Well, I know we, uh, you know, connected, uh, you know, like most people have this past year, you know, online through one of the AD uh, portals. So uh, got a little bit of a chance to know you and wanted to give you a chance to share what's going on in your area of the country. So let's jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, and how you got started in this career of educational athletics. All right, sure. Well, obviously, there's a lot. You know, I'm a little older, and I could say a lot about this, but I'll give you the cliff note version. Um, I think it's important to start by saying that I'm uh, the daughter of a biracial couple that was uh, born in the 60s. Um, and so that obviously had its own um, things about it, right? And my mother was uh, born and in, in raised in St. Martin on the French side of that island. And uh, they came to this country when she was 13 years old and they settled in New London, Connecticut. And uh, my father was a, a, a white man of German descent from uh, Michigan. And he joined the Navy and ended up in Connecticut at the Naval Submarine Base. And that's how they met. Um, they got married and, and took us back to Michigan or I wasn't there yet, but um, so that's where I was born. And um, tragically after, when I was three and a half years old, my father was killed in a, in a car accident. Oh, so uh, that's how I ended up back in Connecticut because my mother came back to her family. And, um, you know, obviously that had its own implications on my life, right? Cause I could have grown up in the Midwest as opposed to New England and with a father as opposed to without. Um, so I think my mother did pretty good. And uh, I ended up going to a Catholic um, high school in Connecticut, St. Bernard's. Um, and after that, I, I, well, in, at St. Bernard's, they didn't have a lot of sports offerings and I was clearly an athlete. Um, so I ended up playing softball, one of the things they did offer. And uh, that became my sport. Uh, after high school, I ended up at Eastern Connecticut State University. Mm -hmm. um, it was actually my backup school. Uh, I thought I was going to Boston University. Um, and ended up at Eastern. And luckily for me, Eastern had a fantastic uh, softball program, albeit that it was division three. They had just won a national championship when I, oh, wow. um, the year before I got there. And so I go and I try out for the team and I win the starting shortstop position as a freshman and we go on to win another national championship. So it ended up being a great choice as my backup school um, and, and, and by far the best decision I ended up making. Um, yeah, I started out as a psych major and that clearly, you know, not, not that it was a bad thing, but it, it just really wasn't, you know, doing it for me. And I took a job one summer at a camp um, and I was their athletic coordinator and loved it. And so that, that year when I went back to school as a junior, I changed my major to physical education. And again, luckily for me, Eastern Connecticut State University was the top physical education school um, for teachers in the state of Connecticut at the time. So I jumped into that program and, you know, gave it my all for the next, you know, two years um, and, and loved it. Obviously, it was my calling. Um, so right after college, I landed a job at Hartford Public High School in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, a very diverse population in the inner city of Hartford. Again, it, it, was, it was where I was supposed to be, like my calling. Um, loved that place. Would have been there forever. Um, was coaching soccer, basketball, softball, as well as teaching physical education. And, you know, shortly after being there, four years in, um, 
the school district hired this outside organization to manage the schools. And the way they managed the school was to eliminate art, music, and PE teachers to balance the budget. Yeah, it was devastating for me, actually. Um, and so that's how I ended up in Bloomfield. Um, luckily for me, I had built some relationships in Hartford and you know, was able to get my foot in the door for an interview um, and was the successful candidate and got that job. So here I come to Bloomfield. Um, they don't have a girls soccer program. So I quickly, you know, asked to start one. So I started the girls soccer program in Bloomfield. I coached their basketball team for a couple of years and didn't coach softball. I coached tennis in the spring. So a wide variety of things, right? Uh, all things that I never played. Um, but, you know, it's my opinion that if you are a teacher and you can coach and evaluate, then you can teach just about anything, right? You can coach just about anything. Um, so I, I probably wasn't the best coach in all those sports, but I was able to hold my own. Um, and so about six years into that stint at Bloomfield, uh, Eastern calls me up and asks me to come back and be a professor for a year um, and teach the, uh, the PE majors. They realized that they had a bunch of people there that had never actually been in the classroom. And they wanted to have somebody come back and, and, and do that for them. So I, I asked Bloomfield if I could get you know, some time off. They gave me a sabbatical year. And I went to Eastern and taught the physical education majors. It was an amazing experience. I loved it. It made me a better teacher, obviously. It made me a better coach. Um, and after a year, uh, even though Eastern wanted me to stay, I would have had to get my doctorate in order to do that. And I wasn't interested in doing that. So um, I went back to Bloomfield and the athletic director position was available. And after being at Eastern, I knew I wanted more. Um, and it's funny because as a coach at, at Bloomfield, I would watch the athletic director and I knew I wanted no part of that. You know, all the, the late nights and at every game and always there and all the problems were on, you know, in his lap. And I was, you know, I wanted nothing to do with it. And then when I went back and the position was available, I... I applied and again, was a successful candidate. So that was 20 years ago. Um, this will be my 21st year as an athletic director uh, at Bloomfield High School, you know, and all of them at the same place. That's kind of my history, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and again, I say this all the time, but I just do, I love to hear the stories and uh, the steps that occur at each level. Um, you mentioned something uh, earlier on um, about how you had built some relationships. And mm. uh, I think for our young athletic directors, uh, it's it just so important, that factor of networking. So talk a little bit about how you as, as a young teacher coach uh, begin to build those re relationships. You know, how can some of our listeners do that same uh, building? So, you know, it's funny that you're saying that because I feel like that is one of the primary reasons why I've been successful in every area of my career is because of the relationships I've built. Um, I, I could go back to being, you know, at Eastern and, and, and building my rela relationships with my professors. And so when the opportunity to be a teacher at Hartford Public High School came about, the Hartford Public High School athletic director called Eastern and said, who's your top candidate? And my professors all said Tammy Schondelmeyer. That's how I got that job. Yep. Um, and I was one of the only PE teachers that year to get a job. So that was a relationship building. And I proved myself, of course, but sure. my relationship was a big part of that. Then at, at Hartford, you know, after being there for four years, I built relationships with, you know, one of, one of the teachers that was there. He was also friends with 
you know, the, the, the administrator and, um, and coordinator of PE in Bloomfield. So when I got laid off, you know, that relationship lent him to say to this other, you know, man, hey, Tammy Schondemeyer is somebody you should look at. And so I was one of few people that even got an interview. You know, there were, I understand there were like 75 candidates trying to get a job. And I got an interview because of the relationships I had built with that, that man at, at, at Hartford. Um, and then going forward, you know, I, I would say as an athletic director, you know, the biggest thing that has been my success has been my relationship building with my coaches and with my players and the people around me. I think I've, I've moved up the ranks, you know, from being a, a teacher and a coach to being the athletic director because I'd proven myself and built relationships. So now when the AD position comes available, I'm somebody they're interested in hiring. Uh, and, and, and then and so on. Like right now, I feel like I give back to my coaches. I, I'm positive. I, I empower them. I, I really work hard to make them feel validated and, and appreciated for the things that they do because I, I'm grateful to them and I know how hard it is to do the things they do. I've been them. Uh, and so those relationships make them want to continue to work hard for me and to continue to stay working with me. Um, you know, the turnover rate, you know, although it's high in any, any position in terms of coaching, I think I, I, I have a lot of coaches that have been with me for, for many, many, many years. And I, I'd like to think that part of it has to do with our relationship. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you couldn't have said it better, you know, great uh, primer for our younger listeners about the importance of building those relationships. Oh, and then build one with your custodian too. Oh, you have to have a relationship with your custodial assistants. Staff. Yes. And, uh, cafeteria workers, you bet. Oh, yes. Yeah. And if I could do a shout out to my athletic assistant, uh, Allison Borowski, she is fantastic. She's been with me for 15 years and she's a big part of the reason why our program has been so successful. Her support, her, her, her guidance, her leadership, her, you know, everything is a big part of it. So thank you, Allison. Oh, no, absolutely. Tammy, you, you also hinted a little bit. I'm going to put you on the spot here. In our profession, you know, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship. So who are some of your mentors uh, that you've had along the way that have, you know, helped you become the AD that you are now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I think the most important mentor in my life was my, my college softball coach, Clyde Washburn. Um, uh, he, he was so instrumental in just empowering me um, he believed in me. He cared about me. He, um, he, 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 he saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. You know, like I said, I tried out for this team and I didn't think I even belonged out there. And I ended up being his starting shortstop and I wasn't perfect and I made mistakes and, you know, we're in the national championship and I'm, you know, I'm not batting well, you know, and he didn't replace me. He, so those are the kinds of things that, that really um, helped me was him. Uh, believing in me, that was huge, right? So he was a huge mentor and, and he was so inspirational. He's a hall of fame coach um, and, and recently passed away. He was a part of my life well beyond. I mean, it's, he's still a part of my life. I mean, in fact, yesterday, if I could say, I was, went for a walk in the woods with his wife to where, you know, they buried his ashes. And, you know, when we went out there for the first time and, you know, so he's still around me, he still has impact on my life in, in many, many, many ways. Um, so he's the primary one. Um, I also was, was, playing, uh, you know, so slow pitch softball on a team that, you know, was very competitive, traveled all over the country. And I was one of the youngest players and the women on that team um, were like my big sisters. You know, I'm, I'm the oldest in my family. So they were like my big sisters. They were like my aunts. And 
and the things that they taught me about life and about just, you know, being responsible and, you know, accountable, those kinds of things were, were immeasurable. So those people. And then I'd say as an athletic director, um, coming in as a female, which is, you know, obviously there aren't a lot of us or enough of us um, in, in, this, in this role, right? And uh, Barbara Startup was, was, a, was a female athletic director that was, was doing things at the highest level, you know, in Connecticut. She was like the president of our, you know, Connecticut Athletic Directors Association. Um, she was, she eventually became the commissioner of our conference. Um, so I, I befriended her, I, I, I emulated her, I, I tried to learn from her, I'd, I'd reach out to her if I had questions or concerns, and she was always there for me and gave me great advice. So I, I give her a lot of credit for being a mentor of mine. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, it's just so cool to hear the individuals that had an impact on our lives uh, that get us to where we are now. Yeah. For listeners, we are visiting with Tammy Schondelmeyer, the Director of Athletics at Bloomfield High School in Bloomfield, Connecticut. We're going to take a quick break, but we're coming back after a word from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. Once again, we want to thank Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back to our interview with Tammy Schondelmeyer, the Athletic Director at Bloomfield High School in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Tammy, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So what are some things that you do at Bloomfield or maybe even things that you've seen at other schools that when you sit back, you know, you say, these are really best practices. Do you have anything you can share with us? Sure. Um, so I'd say one of the things that, uh, one of the pillars of, of, of my role as, a, as an athletic director is, is sportsmanship. You know, I, I, I want my kids to buy in. I want my coaches to buy in. And, and I wanted that to be a priority of our athletic department. Um, and it has become that. And one of the reasons why is because uh, I, I developed this class act council of student athletes, you know, leaders on you know, multiple sports teams and brought them together. Now, I don't think that's unique to me at all or anything like that, but that group of, of, of student athletes then would host a sportsmanship assembly for all of our athletes annually. And um, as a group, we developed uh, the six pillars of sportsmanship, you know, things like, you know, character and trustworthiness and things like that. And then the kids would get up in front of the group of athletes and they would each talk about one of the pillars and then give examples like real life Bloomfield examples of, of some of those pillars. Um, and then we would finish the assembly by handing out uh, a pledge that we would all say that has to do with you know our sportsmanship pledge um, to, to play fair and to treat everybody correctly. I don't have the pledge memorized, of course, but um, the kids developed the pledge. And, and then we also handed out a self-assessment uh, for, the, for the student athletes to do on themselves. So nothing that they shared, something that they would just look at and read and then really decide if they are somebody who is 
trustworthy or has good character and so on um, and and just make them think about themselves so that assembly um, that we do annually has really yielded huge results because you know the thing i'm the most proud of at bloomfield is that we have earned 23 sportsmanship awards in my 20 years mm -hmm. at bloomfield and 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 it's you know from officials like basketball officials football officials organizations baseball officials organizations it's from our, our, our conference. So, you know, from the league, we've been voted in from our, our, our cohorts of people voted Bloomfield in to get these awards. And then at the state level, we've received six of the uh, Michaels Cup awards that the foundation of that award is sportsmanship. So I'm extremely proud of my kids and my coaches and the way that they have bought into the sportsmanship, you know, concept. Um, and it's, like I said, yielded results. And the biggest banner in my gym is this huge white one and all of those awards are listed. And so every time you go in, you've got other banners, but the most important one, and the only one that's white, and it's huge, is, is the sportsmanship banner. So that's one of the things that we do that I, I'm really proud of and appreciate. Um, and the other thing that's probably the best day of, of the entire school year every year is what I've called the senior signing day. Um, when I started out as an AD, the only kids that we really did any kind of signing day for were the kids that were going on a full ride scholarship to a division one college, you know, and we would do this huge press conference and, you know, and, and celebrate that kid, you know. Um, but over time, I realized that every student, student athlete at every level who was going to play their sport in college needed and should be recognized. Um, and, you know, I can speak as a, as a division three athlete, you know, and, and, and how important sports and that that team was for me and my development in my life in general. I mean, even to the today. So to really honor those kids for doing what they had to do in the classroom and doing what they had to do on the athletic field to be recruited to play again at any level is a big deal. So, um, so I started having this day where we called it senior signing day and every student athlete, I'd have the coaches, I, I would start and then the coaches would introduce their kids and they would say some really nice things about each kid. Parents would be there, teachers, their, their classmates, their teammates, um, guidance counselors, administrators, everybody. Um, would be there and the, each, each student athlete would get up and thank all the people in their lives that helped them get there, talk about their journey a little bit. And some of them were really rocky roads and, you know, huge success stories. It was always tears. I mean, always tears uh, and, and powerful, powerful stuff. And then the kids that were in the audience are watching their upperclassmen do this and, you know, obviously saying to themselves, I want to be on that stage and be able to do that when I'm a senior. And so now it changes the culture and it changes the mindset and the kids work hard so that they can have their turn announcing where they're going to be going to play the next level. And to, and to also empower those kids that every level, every, every success is, is important and to not feel like you have to be the very best and go in division one and you're the only ones that matter. No, you all matter. You've all done what it takes to get there. And I, I, I really feel like that is one of the things that I've done that I really it's the best thing we do. It's the best thing we do. So. I'm so glad you mentioned that. We do exactly the same thing at our That's school. Awesome. We're a smaller private school, uh, but we'll still have, you know, probably at least a dozen a year that are going uh, usually, you know, D2 or D3, but um, they know our format and we leave it up to the student athletes. We confirm the dates, but um, uh, we do it during lunch and we leave it up to the kid to promote it uh, with their family, their teachers, et cetera. And we call the local media who always come oh, out, but uh, usually it takes about 20 minutes. 
And we actually use, you, you did this, people are going to think it's a setup, but uh, one of our new sponsors, Sideline Interactive Scoreboards, uh, we use the score table uh, as part of the signing ceremony where we have a PowerPoint uh, programmed in with their action photos and family photos and things like that. Uh, you know, it never fails to, uh, you know, bring tears to the eyes of the moms and dads and sometimes the coaches too. Oh, so, yeah, uh, yeah I, I can't endorse that enough, that signing day experience for all of your student athletes that are going on to that next level to compete. So I great agree. stuff. Okay. Yeah, good stuff, really. And, and we didn't know that we each did it. So that's great. <laughs> okay. Again, we actually have a, a commercial for Sideline Interactive coming up. They just joined us as a sponsor. Nice. Um, Tammy, uh, another question that we've been asking the athletic directors revolves around this idea of social awareness, uh, social justice. And so I, I'm curious to hear your uh, views on this. Um, what are some things that an athletic director can do to do a better job for their kids, their school, their communities of being socially aware? Uh, do you have some uh, advice for us? Well, I can, I can speak to what we do in, in, in our experience, right? So Bloomfield, I know that your listeners don't know this, is uh, about 96% uh, minority of color. Um, and so the social issues that, that, that some minority students experience at other schools that are predominantly white, um, our kids aren't experiencing those things. You know, they come to Bloomfield and they fit right in and they're a part of a community and a family and and, and the things that other people are, are experiencing, uh, we're not. And so I, I would have a hard time trying to give any kind of advice to somebody who's in that other experience. However, um, I'm a woman of color and I can speak to things, you know, my family is every shade in the rainbow. Um, and so I know that some of the, their experiences, and I can say that um, what I do obviously is be there to support. And we do a lot of social emotional learning, you know, lessons and, and activities for our kids, you know, after what happened last summer and, and all those issues, you know, coming to light and having our kids feel a certain kind of way about them. You know, we, we had forums for them to speak about it and to share and, and be supportive. Right. And our coaches did that a lot within their teams, but um, at my level, you know, as an athletic director, I'm a member of a 32 school um, conference the Central Connecticut Conference, there's 32 of us. And, you know, there was a principal at one of those schools who had some issues come up and um, he wasn't thrilled or, or sure he handled them the right way. So he, he came to our league and said that he would like to start this DEI kind of committee um, with anybody who wanted to be a participant of it um, so that we could try to do things to better serve our athletes of color um, in, in their struggles and, and their issues. Uh, which was fantastic. So of course I jumped on and so did my principal. And um, we are, we've divided the, the committee into two distinct you know, subcommittees, one on data to collect the data of what's going on and, and to really be informed in our decisions. And then the other is uh, professional development so that we can bring people in to help you know, teach the athletic directors and the principals you know, things about how to do it better when things come up that they don't know how to handle, um, revolving around, you know, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so that's, that's another thing. Um, and the last thing I'll say is that uh, I am a charter member of NOMAD, which is the National Organization of Minority Athletic Directors. We started this last summer. Um, 
I'm on the board and I am the chair of the activity committee um, with that organization. It is fantastic. And um, we've got over uh, 270 members of, of athletic directors that not just minority athletic directors, anybody can be a member, but obviously it's there I'm to support. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's there to support uh, minority athletic directors. And uh, we've done a bunch of podcasts and not podcasts, I'm sorry, webinars and, and things to really help, you know, ADs that were struggling or, 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 or just needed some good information and support and education um, regarding this topic. Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, I'm very proud of what the work we've done so far and looking forward to, you know, doing some things in person in Denver. We did things virtually uh, it, it last, last December when um, we had this virtual conference and now we're gonna be in December, um, we'll be in Denver. Uh, so I think that, that just being able to support the athletic directors obviously trickles down to the kids, right? So you, you, know, you support them nationally, you just support them locally within your conference um, and, and the things that you do hopefully help you become a better athletic director so that you can better, better serve your students of color. No, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, we actually had Anthony uh, Fisher on as a guest, uh, you know, several months ago. But uh, we know quickly Anthony become from his my time. great yeah. friend. Yes, he's yeah. a member of our board as well. So that's yeah. awesome. He spent a lot. Of, he spent a few years down in Florida, where we got to to know him uh, before he yes. went to uh, Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, once again, we are visiting with Tammy Schondelmeyer, uh, Bloomfield High School, Bloomfield, Connecticut. We're going to be back with the Athletic Director's Toolbox, but first we're going to hear from our new sponsor, Sideline Interactive. We want to thank our new sponsor, Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive provides indoor scoring tables and video boards that can generate up to $10,000 or even more every year while also creating tremendous excitement in your gym. Their score tables and video boards help make the ultimate game day experience by creating lifelong memories for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo to see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com see what their fantastic products can do for you. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Tammy, it's been great spending some time with you, uh, getting a chance to visit, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the Athletic Director's Toolbox. And you're certainly an experienced AD and doing a great job at your school. But right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Tammy Schondelmeyer's athletic director toolbox? Wow. It's crazy that you limit it to three there, Jake. You know, there's a lot that goes into this job. Um, however, if I had to pick my top three, uh, I think my first one would be obviously to be organized, right? So. Um, one of the things that I have in my office is, is a, a six by eight whiteboard and it's got a grid of five weeks worth of, of um, a calendar. And so every sport and game goes up there in a different color, every meeting, every um, obligation I have to meet is on that whiteboard. And so I can sit at my desk and be on the phone or be at my computer and just look over and I'll know everything that's going on for the next five weeks. 
Um, I also can obviously rearrange my schedule. You know, there's an opening here because of things, you know, rain, et cetera. Uh, so that's helpful. And then my coaches and my administrators, everybody comes in, kids, and look at that whiteboard so that they also keep, you know, keep track of what's going on. So that's huge. Um, and the other example of that would be that I, I, I have a backup to the backup for just about everything that I do, right? So, you know, multiple microphones for the same system, you know, two that have batteries and one that's plugged in, you know, I, I have uh, uh, national anthem singers. I have a student athlete sing the national anthem. It doesn't always have to be an athlete, but students sing the national anthem for the sports games. And um, if, if she can't be there, I have a CD. And if the CD is scratched or skips, I have like a little iPod that, you know, can fit into a little box and yeah. can play the national anthem. Have it on your cell phone. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And then, and then uh, I'll give you a quick example of, uh, we had a football game one night and um, a couple years back and uh, we turn on the lights, it was dusk. And so, you know, starting to get dark, turn on the lights. And I noticed a bank of the lights did not come on. So it's getting dark and now I'm like, oh my goodness. So I quickly call the electrician um, for, the, for the town and he comes over and the backup was that I had fuses in the fuse box that fit the thing. Now I didn't know how to use the fuses, but he did. So yeah. when he went in there, he could quickly switch out the fuse and put it in. And then that bank of lights came on. No one ever even noticed that they weren't on yeah. um, and the game went off without a hitch. So, you know, when you have that backup and you have that organization in place, you know, you're never unprepared. So you never stress out about things happening because you have something in place to, to fix it. So have a backup to the backup. Um, the other thing I would say is to have what my uh, assistant Allison calls my squad. So that, that group of people that, you know, um, you can trust that support you, that can help you. You can call at any time for anything, uh, anything that's going on at the 11th hour, you know, you can call them for help or assistance or to do a job that they don't normally do, but they are willing to do it to even coach sometimes, you know, a team that you don't have a coach for and you know, they're good. You just need to have that squad of people that you trust. And then you need to trust them enough to delegate to them because, you know, ADs are often alphas and they like to do it all themselves. And, you know, you can easily burn out quickly if, if you don't have people around you that can help you and that you trust, but also that you delegate to and allow them to do the job um, so that yours is lighter. Because if you try to do everything, like I said, you burn out and you need to have that balance in your life. Um, and I think the last one uh, that, that has really served me well is to be fair and consistent in everything that you do. If you are fair, you know, no matter if it's the, you know, you, 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 you have the, the same level of rules and obligations and expectations of the winning coach as you do of the losing coach, of, of the, you know, the winning program as a losing program. You're going to support them equally and, and give them everything they need just because, you know, they're winning and this other one isn't losing, doesn't, is losing doesn't mean they shouldn't get what they need to try to be successful. You know, everybody gets the same, you know when dealing with athletes and, and issues, you know, the, the bench player gets the same expectations as the star, you know, the star on the team. Um, when, when dealing with even, even consequences for actions, you know, you've gotta be fair and consistent about the way you do it. So that when somebody comes and says, you know, can you make this exception? And, and you say, no, I can't, because if I make this exception for you, I have to make it for everybody. And I'm not gonna do it for everybody. So you have to be fair and consistent. And, and it really has been a, a big help in, allowing me to keep my backbone, you know, and, and because I haven't varied in the way in which I do things for anybody. And, and they know the rules up front, they know the expectations up front. And so um, 
there are no surprises. And, and I think that they know that I have integrity when, when dealing with every situation and issue in every team and program. Now, again, great, great tools. And I'm so glad you, you mentioned the last one about the consistency and now you work the, the concept of being fair. Um, many, many years ago, I didn't invent this, but I heard it and I stole it and I've used it ever since. Uh, talking about playing time, particularly with middle school parents. Uh, and the phrase is, you know, playing time will never be equal, but it will always be fair. Yeah. And then making sure your coaches are, you know, applying that too so that the kids you know they're not going to play the same but those kids they are going to get in and have that experience it's going to be fair great stuff well you could even say that about like something like you know track or football right so track requires you know hurdles and pits you know high jump pits and pole pits it's a lot of money so you put mm -hmm. a lot of money into track right and, and football you know they need helmets and pads and all those things you put a lot of money into football and cross country doesn't need those things you know softball needs a few balls and, and some bats and helmets but so they're they're being treated equitably but it's not equal it's not dollar for dollar equal the amount of money it's it's equitable you know it's fair for what you need no, and absolutely so yeah that's mm -hmm. huge yeah tammy this has been great getting to uh chat with you a little bit as i said but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain uh what's the best way they can get in touch with you i i would say my email is probably the best way uh to get in touch with me um it's uh t Shondelmeyer. So it's T-S-C-H-O-N-D-E-L-M-A-Y-E-R at Bloomfield without the vowels. So B-L-M-F-L-D.org. So T. Shondelmeyer at B-L-M-F-L-D.org. All right. Well, again, all the best to you as you guys reopen. I know, uh, you know by the time our listeners hear this, uh, you guys are going to be uh, just about opening the doors. So hope you have a great season. And uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks, Jake. You too. Good luck with everything this year. And thank you again for having me. This has been fantastic. Oh, thank you again. To our listeners, uh, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AED Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, please visit our sponsors. Thanks for listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.